Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Rachel. And this is the Miso Hungry Podcast. Itadakimasu! Just Miso Hungry! Today, like we do every week, we are talking about everything you never knew you wanted to know about Japanese food. And I know delicious things have been happening in the Fuji household, right, Rachel? Totally. Totally delicious things. Actually, I made something for breakfast this morning that I haven't made in a while. And I made a big rice pot or rice cooker full of okayu, Japanese rice porridge. And this is something that we talked about a little bit in our rice episode, in the part two of our rice episode, I believe. Yeah. You could tell that I hadn't made it in a while because my girls inhaled <laughs> their first bowl each and then, you know, asked for seconds. You could tell it was like, oh, we haven't, we haven't had this in a while. <laughs> Stuff face now. But actually, I really love eating okayu with what we're going to be talking about today. Yes. And so what we are talking about today is something that I definitely grew up with. And I love it so much. I'm totally in agreement with you there. This is one of my all-time favorite things when it comes to Japanese food. It's good. And you eat it with so many different things. You really do. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on what you eat it with, it can be a garnish, a relish, a condiment, a palate cleanser, a digestive, a small side dish. I mean, it's really versatile. It really is. So today, what we are talking about is skimono. And if, if you look at the word and you're trying to sound it out, you'll probably say something more like tsukemono, but it's actually pronounced skimono. Yeah, and if you break it down, you might start to see a trend with some of the things we talk about. Um, there are a lot of categories that use the word mono. Mono means things. So skimono is telling you what kind of things. And ske, the kanji for ske means pickled. So skemono literally means pickled things. So let's get pickled. (laughs) The podcast where you get pickled. Sorry. (laughs) Okay, now something that was a little confusing to me at first when I was first introduced to the concept skemono is that pickling is a little bit misleading because there are a bunch of different types of skimono. And when I think of pickling, I think of a way of preserving something long-term. And some of these types of skimono are meant to be eaten eaten really quickly. They have a short shelf life. So I, I was confused by the word pickle. I took a class last year from Elizabeth Ando she taught uh, a Japanese pickle class and she was saying that really you think of them is more of like a marinated vegetable or an ingredient that's been transformed in texture and flavor by the application of a brine or a pickling medium. So this is a lot broader category than the pickle category we normally think of in say American culture. Did you grow up ever being confused about that or just were you just used to it because that's the way it was I just kind of took it for granted I mean I think for many years I didn't even necessarily know what skimono was in the sense of it was just this thing that I got that I ate but I didn't really know 
how it was made or what went into it or, you know, what the technique having to do with it was. It was just skimono. Delicious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome sauce. Yes. Um, and I mean, we would, you know, you get it when you go to Japanese restaurants. Um, there was a variety that my grandmother has made for very many years. And I actually do have a jar of that in my refrigerator right now. Um, so it, yeah, it was just one of those things that I pretty much just completely took for granted because yeah, I mean, it, it just was. I love hearing you say that your, your grandma would make them because I think that's, what's so cool about skimono there, even though now in Japan, you can buy them pre-made at the store, Mm -hmm. still something that people make at home and you know you you grow up at least I I hear stories um, people remembering the flavor of say their their grandma's or their mom's umeboshi you know pickled plums just Mm -hmm. nothing tasted better than the way their mom did it oh yeah my grandmother's kimono is the ultimate comfort taste because it's you know that's how grandma makes it did you ever help her make them no I've actually never seen her make it. I would just, I, my mom would get the jars, and ever since, you know, I was old enough to move out, she's just kind of given me the jars, but I've never actually been there when she makes it. What's your earliest skimono memory? Do you have one? That's like asking what's my earliest Hashi memory. It, it's just kind of something that, for me, has always existed. Yeah. I, I really cannot remember the first time I ever ate skimono or even recalled eating skimono. I think that's just kind of been something that has always existed in my life. When you were growing up, was there ever like a traditional time that you'd you'd have your grandma's skimono? Mm, not that I can think of. So they were just kind of always there? Yeah, yeah. Like we'd always have a jar in the fridge and when it ran out, she would make us more. <laughs> so... Yeah, it was just kind of always there. I love that. It's kind of like having a bit of love in a jar from your grandma. That and her strawberry jam. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, that's definitely love in a jar. Yes. (laughs) Or in our case, a margarine tub. But yeah. (laughs) Yeah, my mom did freezer jam every year and she'd Mm -hmm. she'd do them in little tubs, kind of like margarine tubs. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly what my grandma does. (laughs) So good. Okay, so she. My mom still owes me some jam. Hey, that's (laughs) that's not good. (laughs) Well, you can come over this summer and make some with me because I. I I didn't make any last summer, so we're totally out. I've never made jam, so I would love to. Okay, well, freezer jam is so ridiculously easy; it's almost cheating. But it's actually. But. (laughs) The funny thing is, when it comes to strawberry and raspberry jam, I actually prefer freezer jam to regular the regular canned jam mm-hmm. which kind of is awesome because it's easier to make <laughs> yeah definitely so let's talk about um kind of the basic categories of skimono yeah there are several different types of skimono and this actually kind of amuses me because it goes right along with the um sashi I, yes. that we- <laughs> I love i love that 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 occurred to you too yeah. <laughs> i was like wait a minute Salt, miso, shoyu, vinegar. Hold on a second. Yeah, we yeah. need a we need a sashi suseso t-shirt. We do. Okay, so I'm that just made my day. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Go sashi suseso. Uh, 
Never going to be able to forget that. It just keeps showing up. It's like those purple sweet potato mountain mushrooms. Yeah. (laughs) Alright, so the types of skimono. There are a good number of different types. One of the simplest and most common types is shiozuke, which shio, if you remember, is the word for salt. So those are salt pickles. And zuke is a form of the word pickle, like ske, mono, but zuke. So shiozuke. And this is a great one to start with, I think, because even people who aren't in Japan, who aren't really cooking much of anything these days, this is probably one of the things they're still making at home. Mm-hmm. Even if they're no longer doing you know, their miso soup completely from scratch or whatever, they're almost guaranteed to still be making some shiozuke. They're so quick and easy to make. Well, for the most part. There's some more complex ones, like umeboshi, umeboshi are a type of shiozuke. Mm-hmm. And those are the pickled Japanese plums. Yeah. A little red, very salty, delicious, delicious, but very, very salty. So if you've never had one, beware, because they're really, really salty. Yeah. They're very strongly flavored, but they're good. They are. And actually, one of my favorite pickles is a type of shiozuke, so... I love that it's easy. (laughs) Easy is good. Easy is very good. And we will be including recipes. Yes? Yes. Links to recipes for these different types of pickles. Yes. Especially because, and this is one of the reasons um, we're talking about skimono right now, the warm months, I mean, you eat skimono year-round, but during the summer months, skimono are particularly refreshing. Plus, we had a request for this topic, so <laughs> woohoo! Of course, yes, we love two birds. You guys on this? This was on Twitter, right? Yeah, somebody requested it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So, as you can see, you request something, we will deliver eventually. Yeah. So, okay. So, shiozuke salt pickles—that's where you're just lightly salting vegetables to kind of make that transformation. And these usually are pickles that are done really quickly, and they have a short shelf life. Okay, what about uh, nukazuke? Nukazuke is also something that's uh, very common uh, in terms of pickles that people make at home. And these are rice bran pickles. So they're fermented in a mixture of roasted rice bran, salt, kombu, and some other ingredients. Yeah, and unfortunately, um, I think the making of nukazuke at home is kind of starting to die out. Because it's a little bit like doing your own sourdough starter. You have to constantly feed the mash that everything ferments in. You have the mash in, in usually like a clay nuka pot. It's like, it's like a sourdough um, where you're trying to keep everything balanced so that it doesn't start to ferment in a bad way. <laughs> have you made these? I've never personally had a nuka pot at home. I see. Though I've helped in making them, but I've never maintained my own pot. Gotcha. This would be a fun experiment. (laughs) Yeah, I actually have some of the nuka, the the rice bran, Mm -hmm. waiting for me to get started. Well, when you do, we will definitely link to it from the website. Maybe you should come over... And we should start our nuka pots together. That would be awesome. Okay. We're totally doing it. 
we will do a post about this. <laughs> Definitely. Alrighty, so so it, it sounds like the shiozuke are a quicker type of pickle, whereas the nukazuke can be allowed to cure anywhere from just a day to all the way up to several months. Yeah, and the actual process is a lot more difficult because mm-hmm. you have to make sure that your mash, you know, is healthy. Mm-hmm. So it actually requires some thought. <laughs> <laughs> Not to scare anybody away, but... No, you should totally try it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like doing a sourdough starter, like you were saying. I mean, that's that's the kind... I've never done a sour sourdough starter, so just the very idea of it scares the crap out of me. But it's kind of one of those things that I also kind of sort of want to try. Yeah, and I think it's totally worth it, which is why I've been dying to get started. Mm-hmm. Because Nukazuke are delicious. And they're really good for you because the the finished pickles are really, um, they're rich in lactobacillus, which is supposedly helpful in aiding digestion. So, hey. Awesome. There's a health benefit. <laughs> All right. So, our third type is kasuzuke. Yeah. And kasu is a product, it's the yeast mash that's left over after filtering sake. So, it's a product of sake making. Uh, and they call it sake lees. And the sake lees are used to, um, they're mixed with salt, sugar, and meeting, the sweet cooking wine. And the pickles are preserved in that mixture. And these pickles are pickles in the more traditional sense of the word. These have an almost indefinite shelf life. Um, so the fifth type, and I don't know for sure, but I have an inkling that this might have been the type that my grandmother makes, just because the type my grandma makes are always slightly brownish in color. The fifth type is shoyuzuke, which we've spoken about shoyu before. That's soy sauce pickles. Yeah, and shoyuzuke, they're just like what they sound like. <laughs> you take the item you want pickled, and you preserve it in a soy sauce base, and they're delicious. Yes, they really are. Okay, so how about Suzuke? Suzuke is, well, this is the one that reminds me most of what we think of when we're talking about pickling here. Totally. Um, because su, if you remember from our sashi su se so, means vinegar. So these are pickles that are brined in rice vinegar, very similarly to the pickles that you see here. And then finally, uh, we've got the misozuke category, and these are pickles made in miso. So you literally are covering your veggies or whatever it is you're pickling in miso. I actually... delicious. Yeah. A few months ago, I finished off a jar of garlic pickled this way. You can pickle whole cloves of garlic in miso, and it is amazing. So I think we should have a Japanese pickling party. Ooh, I like it. Because I think that would be a lot of fun, and I think people would love it. Totally. We can just give a list of... A list of ingredients I- and, or yeah. ideas. And then say, if you want to make this kind, bring this, and then they bring whatever they want for whatever they want to make, mm-hmm. and then we make pickles. Yeah. I think that would be awesome, because I will admit that I have never actually made pickles. I was <gasps> like, oh, okay, I have made like the you marinate 
like cucumbers in rice vinegar and eat them within a few hours. But I haven't made true, like they last for more than a few days pickles. I, I well, have not made most of these types of pickles. A lot, some of the most classic Japanese pickles though are, are those types that you eat quickly. True. But I mean, yeah, the only kind I've made are the type where you slice up cucumbers really thin, you mix them with um, rice vinegar and a little bit of sugar, and let them sit for a little while, and then you eat them. That's the only type of pickle I've ever in my life made. We've got to change this because your life is not complete. I know. (laughs) It's a good thing I'm so young. (laughs) Well... You're going to make up for it with the rest of your life. No. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about some specifics. I'm going to start this off with my favorite. Okay. Or oh, I say that and then I think of others that <laughs> I adore. But uh, this, I, I just never, I could eat this particular type for every meal and I never get sick of it. Kyuri asazuke. Kyuri means cucumber and Kyuri asazuke are, th- this is a type of uh, shiozuke. It's done in a salt brine. And the way I like to do it is I also use some kombu. Occasionally I'll add a little bit of rice vinegar. And if I want them, you can do regular or you can do spicy by adding a little bit of um, togarashi, which is a type of Japanese mm. pepper, red pepper, dried pepper. Oh, my all time favorite thing is to go to a Japanese matsuri uh, festival where usually you can find a vendor that is selling kuriyasazuke on a stick. So they take a whole Japanese cucumber and they put it on a stick, like banana on, you know, frozen banana <laughs> on a stick, but mm-hmm. it's a kuri on a stick and they marinate them that way. So it's like a cucumber popsicle and it is so good that thinking about me Thinking about it, not thinking about me. Thinking about it makes me drool. (laughs) So good. All right, something that I really enjoy, and this is something that if you've been to, well, I want to say if you've been to Japanese restaurants, but not all Japanese restaurants here have this. However, it is, I want to say, somewhat common in the U.S. is beni shoga, and that's the ginger cut into very thin strips and colored red. And then pickled in umezu, which is umeboshi rice vinegar brine. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's becoming... I mean, I know I've grown up sort of with seeing those in Japanese restaurant settings. Well, I can tell you that the two major grocery store chains near us are both carrying it now in the refrigerated section. Granted, it's Southern California, but still, I mean, that's, that's a... A big development, I think. But yeah, I feel like if you've gone to maybe not necessarily a sushi restaurant, but some other type of Japanese restaurant, there is a good chance you've seen this. Yeah. I want to even say that Yoshinoya has it, but I'm not entirely sure. I know that in Japan they do. Well, and I'll tell you that but I'm not one, sure of my, <laughs> one of my favorite things to eat benishoga on is is gyudon, which is what, it's the beef ball that mm-hmm. Yoshinoya serves. I mean, it, oh, <laughs> so good. Yes, it's amazing. Plus, it's really pretty. Yeah, it is. That's that the, red. the fun thing about these pickles is that they're so colorful. Yeah, they're really. really to eat. You can you have so many different colors. I think 
now that I'm thinking about it, I think you can find a pickle in every color of the rainbow. I'm not entirely for- sure about blue, but aside from that, is there a blue? Some of the some of the pickled eggplant is kind of oh, is yeah. bluish purple. That's a good point. So yeah, pretty much every color of the rainbow. Rainbow. All right, so how about gaudy? Now that's something that if you've ever had sushi, even if you just bought it from a grocery store, you have most likely come into contact with gari. Because gari is the very thinly sliced young ginger that has been marinated in a solution of sugar and vinegar. Vinegar. So that's the ginger that you eat with sushi. And it's usually, a lot of the times it's dyed to be pink, but um, if it's like completely natural and undyed, it's more of a yellowish color. But and actually, true... Yeah, true good gaudy. What happens, young ginger, the root has bits of it that look like they're blushing, so like kind of a reddish pink. Mm-hmm. And when you see that, you know it's good for making gaudy. You thinly slice that and it's parboiled, you know, so just like 30 seconds or whatever, um, and then drained. And then you pour the sugar vinegar solution over it and if it's nice and young with a nice blush that you see on the outside you know that you'll get this to happen but when that vinegar solution hits that sliced ginger it will actually cause the slices to take on a natural blush of their own Hmm. so yeah so the i don't think i've ever actually seen true young ginger guiding I mean, I'm I'm pretty confident that 90% of what I've seen here is dyed to get that pinkish color. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but I think, uh, but if you make it, right, you right. can get the prettiest colors. You're never going to get that, like, Pepto-Bismol pink. But, right. um, <laughs> like, you can get some really, really pretty shades of rose. Mm-hmm. But if you're buying it in the supermarket, I think if you remember that, it'll help you pick out a good kind if you just go with the lighter the better because <laughs> it's less likely to have lots of dye in it yeah but yeah that's so that's the skimono that most people especially if you're listening to this podcast you've probably come into contact with that if nothing else okay so now that i you know derailed our uh, forward <laughs> movement back to one of your favorites sorry and i don't even know if i can pronounce this right Oy. um I love the name of this one. It makes me smile. <laughs> Fukujinzuke. Totally. Woohoo! I'm kind of Japanese, sort of. Fukujinzuke is Japanese pickles uh, made with daikon, eggplant, lotus root, and cucumber, which are finely chopped and then pickled in a base that is flavored with shoyu. And this is good stuff. So good. <laughs> I'm kind of addicted to this one. Yeah, it's... It's really addicting. Yeah. As are so many of the skimono. <laughs> good it's thing so they're true. good for you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, so we've briefly touched on umeboshi already. Mm-hmm. Did your you did you say your grandma made umeboshi? No. 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 I had never had umeboshi until sometime within the last year. Really? Really. Honest to goodness. Just I think it, since it's so strongly flavored, it's not something that my family really ate because we're a very mildly flavored family. <laughs> so this was something that I think Sun decided that he wanted to try 
a, you know, a, maybe late last year, or something like that. So we got a, a thing of them. Actually, no. We got them, we got one in a bento box, and Sun loved it. So we had to get a jar of them. Um, so now we have a jar in our fridge, which I have tried, and yes, it is very strongly flavored, but in very small amounts, I enjoy it. I'm, I'm working my way up to it. Well, and this is one of the types of skemoto that you're not going to sit and like shovel oh, into your mouth. In fact, very often you'll you'll have like just one on your plate yes. because I think yeah. one is more than sufficient for a meal. Yeah, they're used as um, a preservative or a digestive. In fact, you've most likely, if you've seen them, you've seen them um, like in a bento setting where you've got like a container of rice and there's this red ball in the center mm-hmm. that is an umeboshi. And if you think about what we talked about in our onigiri episode where we talked about how rice or how how salt keeps the rice fresh, umeboshi is extremely salty and that's one of the reasons they stick one in the middle of the rice. It's kind of like a little mini freshness keeper or something. (laughs) (laughs) Umeboshi is the kind of thing that you more nibble on throughout your meal rather than pop the whole thing in your mouth at once, because that would be an explosion of salt in your mouth, and it would be very, well, unpleasant, in my opinion. Though I must say, I love eating my umeboshi with, like, a big spoonful of rice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, if you're eating it with rice, that's one thing, but to just, like, pick up the umeboshi and eat it by itself would be, I think, a bit overwhelming. It's strong, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Speaking of rice, one of the most popular ways to eat umeboshi is in onigiri. Yes, and we definitely talked about this in our onigiri episode. That was one of the fillings that we used. That was one of Sun's favorite fillings when I was making them. (laughs) So good. It is really good. Ooh, so I'm really excited about the next type of pickle we're going to talk about. Yeah. This is another one of my favorites. (laughs) This one's fun. Because most of the time when you see it, it's bright neon yellow and the cool thing about this is that neon yellow is actually natural that's awesome yeah because yeah you look at it and it's like oh this has got to have a ton of food coloring in it because it's so bright crazy bright i mean like you're right neon yellow though i i've i've read that in a lot of commercial production they are using food coloring but i think we mentioned what we're talking about yet (laughs) Oh, no, I guess not. <laughs> We're talking about a type of skemono called takuan, and it's pickled daikon radish. They peel the radish, slice it in half, and then slice the halves into moons. So they're or into slices, so you get half moons. Mm-hmm. So these little half moon bright yellow pickles, oh, they're <laughs> so good. Uh, it's, it's a type of nukazuke so they're made in the nuka pot you know with that bran mixture and the yellow they use something called kuchinashi no mi which is like the seed or the fruit or something of the gardenia flower and like i said crazy neon yellow (laughs) (laughs) but takuan are so good they're kind of sweet and sour and they still got a really nice crunch Mm-hmm. They're just delicious. Yeah, those are one of the things that I actually did grow up with. Um, although we did buy them from the store, 
but my mom loved those. And so she would every now and then go and buy some. They're also really, really good with rice. Yes, they are. Okay, so let's talk about another one of the pickles that is one of the most common. And I'm curious to know if you ever ate this growing up. Something called Hakusai no Sokusekizuke. It's almost like a slaw. It's made from lightly salted Hakusai cabbage, like really finely shredded. And a lot of times carrots and cucumber are added. And then they season it with a little bit of yuzu zest. That's the really fragrant, fragrant citrus. Kombu and maybe some togarashi. Like they'll serve it in little compressed mounds. I don't know. Because... The the thing that's tripping me up is the ingredients sound... I mean, it's almost exactly what goes into my grandmother's kimono. However, the preparation, the yuzu zest and the togarashi, togarashi are not things that I recall. I, I'm pretty sure there's not any sort of citrusy flavor to my grandmother's uh, kimono. So I'm wondering... This is I'm why I'm a little like, I'm not sure. Well, the togarashi could be... Because she was trying to avoid the spicy heat. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if the lack of citrus is because it's really difficult to find yuzu here in the States. Could be. Because, yeah, my, my grandmother's skimono is made with cabbage. And it does have carrots and cucumber in it. Um, and I believe there's also kombu in it. I could be wrong. But it's definitely some sort of seaweed. But anyways, it's delicious. Yeah, and actually really easy to make. Mm-hmm. Except for the prepping the vegetables part. And that's not hard. It's just so time consuming. (laughs) But I mean, that's the case for a lot of things. If you have to, you know, if you were to make coleslaw from scratch, it'd be the same sort of thing, right? A lot of chopping, slicing. Yeah. (laughs) I'm kind of laughing because the last skimono that we have on our list is also one of my favorites. Did I? I did not intentionally pick all of my favorites for the list. Okay, maybe I did. Uh I'm sure. Right. Whatever. (laughs) All right, so this is Shibazuke. And this is another really pretty one. Yeah, this is the purple one, right? Yeah. This is, I I feel like this is one of the common ones that if you get a dish of skimono in a Japanese restaurant, this is one of the ones that is somewhat common that you'll find. I think it's becoming more common because it's so flipping good. (laughs) This is actually a specialty from Kyoto. And it's made from a mix of cucumber and a little baby eggplant and shiso leaves, ginger, and myoga, which is a a more mild cousin to ginger. And it's pickled in umezu, which is plum vinegar, which is actually a byproduct of making umeboshi. And um, it's got a really nice purple hue to it. You can actually find umezu here in the U.S. Eden Foods makes make some I know because I actually have a bottle in the <laughs> in the cupboard <laughs> so if you want to try an, a different type of vinegar it's it's really good okay so I think we have stuffed enough information into that pickle pot that you call a brain for now what do you say Allison <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here cracking up but yes I do think so but if for some reason you forget something we've talked about or you want to talk to us about anything else we are still available we have a bunch of different ways that you can connect with us and we love it no matter which way you choose 
So if you'd like to call us and leave us a message, we have two ways you can do that. You can either call us and leave us a message at 657-4-MISOFI. That's 657-464-7639. Or if you're not in the U.S., you can leave us a message on Skype. Our Skype name is Miso Hungry Podcasts, all one word. You can always tweet us on Twitter. Our Twitter name is at MisoTalk. We do have a Facebook fan page, so you can go like us over there. Go hang out with us. You can email us at MisoHungryPodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, we have our website where our episodes and our show notes and once in a blue moon we have taco tidbits. That is at misofy.com. That's M-I-S-O-F-Y dot com. And lastly, of course, our weekly begging for ratings and reviews on iTunes. Because, <laughs> because it makes us really happy every time we see a new review or more ratings. And if you do, we will say arigato gozaimasu. I'm Allison Day. And I'm Rachel Hutchings. And you've been listening to the Miso Hungry Podcast. The podcast that eats pickles with everything. And no, neither of us are pregnant. That's me so hungry. So I'm reading so what, your repeat of the Fukuji uh, music. You know which one I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and in the second one, you you wrote, it's served as a garnish to Japanese kareri raisu. I'm like, gosh darn it, now I want curry rice. Mm. <laughs> oh my gosh, that sounds so good. But yeah, that's why those are like my favorites. Because they're so good with curry rice. <sighs> Craving... All right. Well, and those <laughs> those flavors that are combined with comfort foods, I, mm-hmm. I just think They're it's probably the yeah, and that's probably why we love them so much. <laughs> yes, those comfort food flavors just have a way way of kind of hooking themselves into your soul. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah.